0: Betty is team Don. I am fascinated by the ways in which Betty still has loyalty towards Don. There is still a team aspect to the two of them that is just unbreakable. And it's sweet in a way. And it just comes up in these weird, unexpected ways.
1: 50s to describe the advertising executives of Madison Avenue. They coined it.
0: Sally, come in here.
1: Your father's on the phone. Talk to him. Welcome to They Coined It. I'm Roberta Lip. Do you
0: want to know a secret?
1: Ooh, uh, ooh. Good. It's really one of my <laughs>
0: favorite be- all time favorite Beatles Dan songs.
1: Jasper. On the the vocals, on lead vocals. On the vocals. (laughs) Uh, And we do talk about Mad Men episode by episode. Just throwing that in there.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, Dan Jasper. So I loved, I was so delighted when I first heard that, and I was delighted all over again watching it, this episode, that ending song.
1: Yeah, and they did like the cheap version, right? They did like some instrumental that they didn't have to pay Beatles money for.
0: (laughs) Definitely saved on the rights fees. But it was, I thought, but I... I don't know that using the original would have added anything beyond what we got.
1: Well, it would have given you the blatant lyrical tie-in.
0: I know, which is probably too much.
1: Well, I don't know that it would have been not as good. I it was <laughs> I, it, I mean I'm just I don't have a I don't have a like it it was it worked. It worked as it was. I it, I love the whole thing. I can't thing. say oh that would have sucked with <laughs> That would have been 10 points down if it had, had the actual original with no, lyrics. No, but I love
0: <laughs> I don't mean that. I just mean that that using it in this kind of uh like, this indirect reference way was, was, seemed just tonally and everything perfect. Loved it.
1: It's good stuff. That's good stuff.
0: And uh, Sally's gonna say that she saw the Beatles I mean, at Chase Stadium. How cool so, is that? So, let,
1: let, let's just talk about that scene before we even go in. Because, yeah. first of all, that scene was a perfect example <laughs> of Matthew Weiner and Co's, um. Economical approach to exposition, right? Can I talk to Sally? Let's see, or whatever you know, whatever that dialogue <laughs> right. was.
0: She still she still wants to make you eat shit, so I'm not sure. Yeah, we right. now
1: know that Sally's not talking to her dad. But that just that, right? Like that is yeah. Mad Men at its best in doing that particular three, thing.
0: Three scenes and three lines. Yeah.
1: And then, I mean, my God, her reaction. Was just the cutest, <laughs> bestest. And he was so delight delighted. A, it worked. But also yeah. B, genuinely delighted in her delight.
0: But the cherry was Betty's reaction. To oh, I know
1: that Betty actually unfroze for a minute <laughs> and was like, Oh, cool. B <laughs> she, she right. you you totally were ready for her to yell at Don.
0: You're gonna what? There was gonna be something bitchy coming out of her mouth. It was just waiting.
1: It was perfect. It was a perfect scene.
0: Awesome. Well, anyway, we're talking about Hands and Knees, written by Jonathan Abrams and Matthew Weiner, directed by Lynn Shelton.
1: If you know who Lynn Shelton was, and if you don't, she was a hell of an up-and-coming director. I believe this was her first television directing project, which is, can you imagine? I don't, Mm. it's something I don't know how it works. I don't really understand how... Um, directors come in and do these one offs on a television show. Like, what is that? Pro- I, I would love to know more about that process. And, you know, mm. like, how do you do that? Like, we've got these regulars in rotation, right? Anyway, I digress. Really wonderful talent. And she was also in more recent history, the girlfriend of Mark Marin. And she died in March, May, May of 2020, not of COVID. So if you know who Mark Marin is, you may know him from acting, you may know him from comedy, but you even more likely know him from his podcast
0: WTF. WTF.
1: Yeah. And if you are like me, during those months of COVID, you were listening to all your podcasts like, you know, like a kid under a blanket with her best friend radio show host, right? Like, and I was listening to Mark and Lynn died. And like he he didn't take any time off. Yeah. It, it,
0: very, very amazing.
1: It was so powerful to listen to this real-time grieving process. It was just wild. So I'm glad we got her. She did an incredible job on this yeah. incredible...
0: And I don't know offhand if she went on to direct any more Mad Men episodes.
1: No, she just did the one. Excuse me. Yes? I'm really sorry. We're looking for the Vernons. I don't know them. Is this 110 Waverly? No. What did I tell you? Sorry about that.
0: Continuing. Original air date was September 26, 2010, and covers August 9th through the 13th, 1965. So Hands and Knees is the episode where Joan learns that she's pregnant with Roger's baby we see we meet Lane's father for the first time he visits to coerce him to return home and or fix things with Rebecca he seems who's nice been a, been estranged yeah lovely guy North American aviation uh the account is ramping up and they want to do a security clearance on Don and I presume everyone else on the account but Don freaks out because he cannot or he's actually found out that he's inadvertently provided wrong information on his initial, Uh, form that he had to fill out. So that's a problem. Lee Garner Jr. gives Roger 30 days days notice on the Lucky Strike account. So that's a lot of action.
1: It's a lot of action. Yeah. Um, A lot of hoo-ha. Couple things. So what we're going to do for our final section where we sometimes talk about, you know, where we might do quotes or we might pick a quirky scene, we're going to go into some spoilers after that second break. So, because this is a hard, this is an episode that it gets hard not to talk about what comes.
0: We'll avoid it in the front and we'll chew on it in the back.
1: Business in the front, party in the back? Is that is that what just happened? Something like
0: that. S- something in the front, something in the back. <laughs> um, but this was, yeah, I mean, we always talk about plot versus theme, right? This is like plot, 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 plot. Almost none of the theme elements that we really go to and, and talk about. It. it it calls up a lot of things. It advances a lot of stories. Um, I found it an unusually paced episode for something so late in this season.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, I know I know we get plot-heavy a lot of times for the past three seasons, but this one felt a little different to me.
1: I mean, I I don't know what you mean about it not being theme-heavy. This was a very theme-heavy episode. This was a blatant... Okay. And we already just said what the theme is. There's secrets. There, it's in the title of hands and knees, people being hum, not just humbled, humiliated, having to... There's a lot of groveling. There's a lot of... You know, I just think there's, I think there's a lot of theme. I think a very yeah. theme heavy episode, in addition to a plot heavy.
0: I, okay, we we'll go through it. But but I'll tell you, the, the reason I I get that impression from it is a lot of things kind of pop up seemingly out of nowhere, right? North American Aviation, they've been working on this account since since season two, of you know going back to, to the Sterling Cooper days, but you know that that whole development of ramping up and the the clearance that that starts this week uh obviously Roger and Joan and what goes on with them uh that just started last week uh we never met Lane's father now this issue comes up everything seems to come out of nowhere uh to, to lucky strike it all kind of develops within you know ten minutes apiece so everything here just felt like all right we have to get through this we have to get through this and not a lot of typical kind of space and rumination that we see going on. So that was my impression.
1: There's something odd in the pacing because of everything you just said. I think that's, that's for sure.
0: So lots of secrets, right? I think the the first one to start with is Roger and Joan. We had them having a an unexpected quickie, I guess you could say, on, on the Upper West Side on the streets after being, after being mugged.
1: They hooked up. I mean, I, I again, I defend it. I think, uh, you know, you're working with your ex. You're working side by side with your ex and and when Joan was when she was leaving Sterling Cooper, she was a lot icier with Roger. You know, they never really broke up. It just sort of stopped, right?
0: Well, I think she wanted to be a faithful wife. I mean, that was her her mindset going in. Yeah. She wasn't going to keep screwing around with the boss while while she got married.
1: Right, but that but they broke up before, Greg. But they didn't break up. They ended before Greg. They ended at his heart attack. That's what happened. He had a oh, heart right. attack. I see what you're saying. And they just right, stopped right. seeing each other. Yeah. And then yeah, more or less. they were sort of fine with each other. But then once she started seeing Greg, once you know, we come back into a season and suddenly she's got a fiance, right? That's
0: right. Time had passed and that and they had been broken. And up for there, sure.
1: she's that's where she's being much more steely with him, much more cool, much more putting him in his place, right? Much more angry yeah. at him. Here we are now as we've talked about collapsing of hierarchy, mm-hmm. they are, they're finding each other again a little bit in, in the comfort of being coworkers. Mm-hmm. I think the mugging while, and I, I'm mean, obviously, you know, I mentioned this, but I think the mugging while a certainly valid plot point is kind of an unnecessary plot point to get X's to, mm-hmm. to sc- screw up. Ben, screw. No,
0: I think, I think it all plays. Yeah. I, I really do think it all plays. And you're, you're mentioning the trajectory of their relationship I think is very relevant because she kind of they've gone through these these cycles you could say of where she kind of plays into it and Roger's always going to be Roger the guy never changes he's got one song he keeps singing it he's he's old school with uh, the with, with it and she what varies is her tolerance she's kind of in one place when they were seeing each other illicitly then she's in another place when after his heart attack and when she gets married now she's in another place in the new in the new place
1: and what i left out of the trajectory was jane that was the slap in the face that she could not because first of all
0: (laughs) worth mentioning yeah 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 (laughs) he he married the woman she fired right but you also
1: said you also just reminded me like roger never changes well roger was never supposed to leave his wife for a lover That's how Joan, that's where, you know, Joan, I know men. I know men like, like, you know, like, you know, advertising, which I think maybe is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I know Ben better than, you know, know, advertising. Because he
1: doesn't know clients are dead. But anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) but yeah, that was, that was the big, yeah, Jane, Jane, Jane was a huge, huge, huge betrayal to her and it took her a long time and, and, and her own unhappiness, frankly, in her own marriage to start to, exactly. to be able to soften and then being a valued co-worker again. All of that.
0: So with Greg being a not such a hot husband, um, be enlisting in the military without consult- consulting her. Uh, C having to go to Vietnam and four, uh, four <laughs> you <really> did it! <laughs> one, 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 two, and C. No,
1: I my, thought it was
0: funny. I'm not into categorization that was very these funny.
1: days. <laughs>
0: that is funny, but 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 to cap it off, him being a, a rapist. I think all of that conspires to yeah. to uh, turn Joan, you know, uh, 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 to, for her tolerance of someone like Roger to uh, adjust over time. Yeah. And and here, uh, I think all of it, especially him being away, Greg being away, um, yeah, has kind of softened her a little bit to 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 who Roger is for good and for bad.
1: There were the two scenes with them, and in the first one, when she tells him, he was wonderful. Right, he was surprisingly. I mean, there was. I did have the thought, like how many of these of you <laughs> handled <laughs> yeah. Roger? Right. We know how many, you know, we know that Joan has had two abortions and actually, Oh, there was a scene that I was going to forget to mention. And I'm going to mention it now. Cause I was, uh, before we started, I was trying to review some of the early, early scenes about secrets and lies and hands and knees, right? The, the sort of the two, the secrets mm-hmm. and then the humiliation and shame I would say shaming is is more the thing, and it was that friggin' doctor's appointment. So I know I'm Oof. I'm jumping ahead, but my God, yeah. for that guy to wag his finger at Roger Sterling—more
0: who- great representation of the medical <laughs> industry, <on Batman. laughs> right? But Ugh. that was,
1: uh, oh boy, that was that was deplorable.
0: But probably pretty pretty true to pretty true to life, right? Uh, you know i wasn't I wasn't around you weren't around to to the extent we would experience those things that 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 was probably the prevailing attitude
1: I don't know about prevailing. I'm gonna say this every time. I think you're not wrong that Matt picks and chooses some of the worst representation <laughs> of the medical profession imaginable however there was something I said a uh, few weeks there was something that there was a scene we didn't like oh uh. The scene where 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 Peg, This is such a diversion, but there's a point. The scene where Peggy strips for Stan. Uh huh. I I went back somewhere and because I'm always like sort of checking around, and I saw that that had happened to one of the writers. Like that was a writers' room story, just like Betty and the and the rifle, and the pigeons. Okay, yeah. so now it doesn't make it come off anymore believable right but my point is a lot of these strange and quirky and uncomfortable moments throughout (laughs) this series are are pulled from real stories and oh sure and what i'm gonna come back and say about these doctors is i don't think though to your point there's a larger story where it does seem like an overall indictment a little bit of a theme of the medical profession I never get the impression with these doctors. Not that I never. I have come to not take away the impression that this is what he's saying is an all doctors thing. This is this guy. I think that because listen, it was illegal, right? It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't legal. So the fact that you're going to find some bad attitudes towards it is not shocking. Correct. But I think you can just as easily find a really kind doctor who's going to send you to Morristown.
0: Or you can find someone that sighs heavily, shakes his head, and writes the script and says, be on your right. way. Right. Right. Not this, not this heavy-handed, like, you know, moralist.
1: Right. Exactly. I, I just don't yeah. think he's saying all the doctors were like that. That's my point. No,
0: no, I'm just saying we have a, we have a <laughs> number of
1: <Assholes. laughs> relevant
0: data points yeah. through four seasons. Uh, almost, uh, I think we we you know we we're, we're, we get the message he's delivering here.
1: And what's notable about this one is that he's doing it to Roger. That it's not just a woman getting getting shamed. No,
0: yeah, he is not sparing.
1: He he makes the point you're 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 almost as old as I am, and da, da, da. like right. he makes the point that they're kind of equals as he's shaming him.
0: And that Roger, you know, is, still goes through life in this world as kind of a little boy, a rich little boy who, who avoids responsibility. So yeah, I can I can see that as being enlightening to Roger Sterling's character. I don't think it's anything we don't already know, but sure, let's we we can go there with it. You know, what it says about Roger as much as it might say about the medical industry. Okay, I can I can live with that. But I, I can see that as being why you'd want the doctor to be so so rough on Roger in this case, and I'm saying it probably serves both those purposes.
1: Wait, can you say more about that? Because I because I don't know what I don't know what you're saying. It says about Roger. I was saying what it says about the doctor that he would scold a, a, a man he sees as his equal, which is unusual in this environment. That's right.
0: And we've seen a lot of women getting shamed right. or tis tisk and all that. Here we're seeing Roger, who we already know goes through life as a rich spoiled boy, and here he is. This is another another. Example of, of, of Roger having to deal with the consequences of having never grown up, you could say, okay. right? He's I got it. The marriages and the cheating and this this is gonna happen. So that's what I'm I'm saying. It serves both of those purposes. Yeah. And
1: it's also a little preview of what's to come, right? Like for Roger in this episode.
0: What I found really interesting is the language that Joan and Roger use throughout this whole thing. They there's this in this great madman tradition now of taking things two ways, depending on how you hear it. They each say, uh, I, I forget which conversation, I think it's- I think the first one. The first one. I'll take care of it. Mm. Now we'll talk about in the spoiler section where this kind of comes down, but I'll take care of it could mean a, two different things. It could mean I'll take care of it, I'll get it out of the way, or I'll take care of it, meaning there's going to be a baby to take care of and they don't they don't clarify that and i think that's intentional
1: yes i think now i can't remember i think they probably used it more than once and maybe in both scenes but i think that each time it actually means abortion and it's it's sort of of note that it can also translate into i'll take care of a child i do think that the i think the intention each time is the Almost. The the co- well, but it's it's the obvious, but it's also the colloquial. Right. Where as exactly. it, where the literal would be, I'll take yeah. care of a baby. I
0: mean, look, she she goes to the doctor to get they get the prescription. She goes out to Morristown by herself. She has to, you know, that's not that, that I don't think they're ambiguous in the moment. Whatever happens, happens. But but the language itself, I think, is notable yes. for 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 the ambiguity. Jumping to the end a little bit here of, of the scene, the last scene in the office about it, uh, the, the, after, after the appointment, um, you know, Roger says something very sweet to Joan. He just says, you're so beautiful, because she's kind of putting her chin out and keeping her head up and putting on a brave face. And he's, you know, he's distraught, obviously. Right. And for her, and, you know, he says, you're so beautiful to her. And that's the first time Roger has like, I think, We've seen a really genuine, non-ironic, non-winking Roger uh, saying something so so uh, thoughtful and sweet to Joan because he truly, truly means it from the bottom of his heart. And I go back to, you know, after his heart attack when she's putting the makeup right. on him and he says something disgusting. I think this is like the bookend to that.
1: Yeah. And in the middle, in the uh, I think it's the second scene or maybe it's the same maybe i'm mixing up my scenes and it doesn't matter um, yeah, it doesn't but matter. He, what what he says to her is i can't stop thinking about you maybe i'm in love with you mm. and that was what joan needed to hear to make sure she knew that roger had not changed that is no way to declare your love for somebody that is
0: <laughs> really
1: an absolute <laughs> solid stake in the ground of I am absolutely not solidly putting a stake in the ground. Uh-huh. And.
0: So maybe I'm in love with you is not the way to declare your love for someone. All right. You know, take, write it down. I'm going to write this down. Write
1: it down. And we're, <laughs> gonna, we're recording this. You can, you can.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to edit it just so I have you
1: know, it. No, an, and it's a great moment. It's a great revealing moment where Roger has this notion that he could Change. I mean, he's basic. He's like Joan. You and I should be together. Maybe I'm in. Maybe I'm in love with you. Like I
0: I think it's almost like maybe I'm capable of loving you. Let's 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 explore this from the standpoint of what this says about me. The fact that I might love you.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Right. It's horrible.
1: And and you know there it is. I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know fan shipping of Roger and Joan. And I think this is Roger and Joan. I think they have great great affection for one another. I think they are. Mm I mean,
0: A++ chemistry. Yeah, right? she I mean,
1: laughs at his jokes. Like, she loves everything about, all the abouts about him, right? She loves uh-huh. his humor. She loves his, you know, she she really does. She really, you know, the way, she's not rolling his eyes her eyes at his jokes. And she really feels good around. <laughs> not all of them, but yeah. She feels good around Roger.
0: <laughs> she, she does. And I've said it from, from season one, which is, these are two people who really feel like they've got life figured out. Right, right. Whether they do or not, but they they act like it. And I think that bonds them in in some very unique way.
1: Yeah, they're super super compatible. They've got a super affection for each other. I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, fan shipping is never helpful. No. (laughs) But, but.
0: I don't think there's a, I don't think there is a scenario in the Mad Men universe where they have a successful marriage.
1: Right. Right. I don't think that this episode shows more than any other thing that these two really are in love and meant to be together I don't I don't think that's a no. thing
0: <laughs> no it just but it does provide the context and texture to what they do have which is something non-conventional and illicit and will always be illicit and that's kind of where it is but but this is is dives into that which is amazing and
1: doesn't go back decades despite what The flashback episode just pretended
0: to tell us. It was the best year of his life, right? We're sticking with that. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. You've been doing it for years. I don't have to live with your shit over my head. You know, I signed this account after you disappeared in California. It's taken three years, but I've grown it from cocktails to $4 million. Get rid of it. Also notable... Don now has, by the end of this episode, Don has three people in his life who know his secret about his identity. Well, four if you count Anna, but Anna dies this season. But at this point Faye, now, Betty knows. Betty,
1: Pete, Bert. You're forgetting Bert. And Fay, You're forgetting Bert.
0: Well, what does Bert know?
1: As much as Pete knows.
0: I suppose so. Well, yeah, we can, we can count Bert. You're right. So Four.
1: And in fact, I think it was a little plot device. If he was, well, if he was smart, he would have gone to Burt for help. Pete? Don.
0: Oh, Don would have gone to Burt. Although
1: Pete's not a bad idea either.
0: I was going to say, Pete going to Burt makes a lot more sense, to be honest.
1: But but Don going to Burt also makes a lot of sense. The difference is Pete's the one he thinks he can push around.
0: Don's scared of Burt, I think, at this point. He would be, he, he would be right knowing how he strong armed him in 723. Yes. Uh, Bert is not just Uncle Bert. Yeah. Uh, Bert will, will, will cut a man when he needs to. And I think that's Don, Don keeps him at arm's length.
1: Yes. Which is what I'm, which is what I'm saying. I, he, Pete's the one he can push around, but, but Bert's ability to cut a man could get this taken care of. You think Bert doesn't have a connection in the defense department? <laughs> I suppose
0: he might. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on the, uh, the notion of Pete going to Bert.
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't, I didn't
0: partner to partner. Listen, guys, listen, we got how the, why, why do I have to deal with this myself? I gotta, right. I gotta deal with this fucking asshole with the, with the name change and the account I want to land and my, my pregnant wife. That's right. Bring the partners in, Pete. That wouldn't, That wouldn't hurt.
1: Let's back this up and set it up. I I do want to say one thing about where where I am personally in my viewing. I am at the point, and I know I've said it before, but more and more and more, I know big, big picture some things that are going to happen episode by episode, plot point by plot point. I didn't remember most of what happened in this episode. When I think of this episode, I think of the Lane story, and that's it. And in fact... We can get back to this in a second, because when you and I talked about this whole Pete's got a friend in the defense department, I was like, Pete made it up. And you were like, This, you I I don't remember if this made I don't remember if this made it to the podcast or not, this disagreement where you were like, but what about because I was like spoilers anyway, but I also didn't remember what the fuck you were talking about. Yeah. You were like, it's gonna come back here. Yes. Where it's true. And I didn't even remember. So I just want to say that I'm at the point where spoilers for me.
0: I can't remember if I suggested he didn't have a friend. No, that was, st- or, that or, was I, me. or you suggested it and I was like, no, he really
1: yeah, does. I was like, no, he's yeah, bluffing. Yeah. He could totally, or, or at least Got could it. be bluffing. And you were like, yeah, but it comes back later. And I was like, I literally.
0: That's didn't. right. Oh well, wow, good recall. I, I I remember neither the episodes nor our discussions about <laughs> the episodes. So <laughs> that's the difference well when you're when
1: you're the editor, you hear them a lot more times. Well done. But again, I don't remember. I don't even remember if that made it to our listeners. So sorry, guys, if that was a total offline conversation. You know, I think now I, you know. I, now you know. I, I really don't remember.
0: So you were you were correct. Let's let's back up and just quickly quickly refresh that. As I think I mentioned already, North American Aviation is ramping up. I mentioned in the yeah. summary but um, but they come in they have a whole meeting and basically they're serious as a heart attack that uh, they're going to be spending upwards of 4 million they want to do it with Sterling Cooper Everything, let's get it going that redacted
1: report like we are now oh, I love we that. are now yeah. as a nation a little more familiar with redactions right right <laughs> so the, the i knew right three, away what three three i was looking words at a page. Yep.
0: <laughs> but they're serious and these these guys they bring in you know are not fucking around About the communications that, that they want to be sharing and what they're talking about as, as Harry would say. So we don't have to use the word bomb, right? It's funny. Harry has become that guy. Like a comedian will ironically say things like that, right? Can we have an ad for our, for our bomb makers without saying bomb in it? Like it would almost be like a stand up, a stand up routine. Harry says these things unironically. You know, as Mr. Businessman, who just, who d- literally cannot see past the end of his nose. He cannot, he cannot seem to put anything into a wider context of whether of, of morality or good or bad. He's just, he's, 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 he's a shell of a, of a human, I think at this point, <laughs> or is beyond his way <laughs> to, to being that, but they're ramping up the account. They're spending more. And as a result, need to do uh, clearance checks. They're going to, they're, everyone on the account gets some kind of security clearance, which requires some background checking. And we see them, uh, you know, showing up at, at the Francis residence to talk to Betty.
1: Now, what I don't know, and I, I don't know it for now, and I, I certainly don't know it for then, is like, would there have been more of a conversation? Because that I, I would I would think now. I know I, I have family, somebody who works for the State Department, US, USAID. And um, I remember the security clearance. She was like, you might get a call. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's like it's it's like this. They'll knock on your door or they're whatever. Oh, it's a real thing. But what I don't. But, you know, she was very clear she was going to be getting investigated. I find it not hard to believe. Again, I don't know what it would have been like then if they would have just like slipped it in and been like, Yeah, but there's going to be a little little, you know, like slipped it past Don as paperwork as opposed Mm to, okay, listen, we're going to be knocking on people's doors about about your life. Not just to Don, to anybody. Like, I don't think, it's no small, getting a security. Meaning could
0: he have, could he have just gotten away? Like, are they really looking that close? No, not meaning that.
1: Meaning he shouldn't have been surprised by the fact that there was this kind of investigation. He should have been
0: better. His antenna should have been up. Yeah, And they should
1: have put it up, is my, I'm saying.
0: That's right. And they probably did, because that form came before we saw the action. It was already in, you know, um, um, uh, Megan had already filled it out. So it was already happening. The wheels were in motion, clearly. So you're right. His antenna – they didn't fail to alert him. The antenna should have been up.
1: I think they might have failed to alert him. Okay. With words. We're going to be investigating the fuck out of you. That's a thing we do. Now, again, I don't know if they would have said that in 1965. I
0: just know that – I don't
1: know either. Now, now you don't don't get a security clearance without knowing – Right. It's not just paperwork you're shuffling. People are going to be snooping your whole fucking life. Are you ready for that? Because if you're not, don't do it.
0: What I, uh, what I noticed about the brief scene with Betty that we, the few questions that we saw, they seem to care more about is Don a communist? <laughs> is this, right. is this guy who's going to be making ads for a contractor a communist?
1: But then at the end, there's that on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. But any reason to suspect he's not who he says he is. And that was so on the nose
0: meaning a patriotic American. If we end things with NAA, the investigation will stop where it is. Thank God. So I walk away from $4 million and I just keep this to myself because why? Because you can't live in the open? You don't know any other way. By time Pete does the investigation and learns from his friend that Don's more or less in the clear, they have to cut it short before, you know, there really is a chance that he could get caught. So it's going to cost him the account. I mean, there's no two ways about it. And so we know how long Pete has been cultivating this thing. Um, so we feel for his anger at Don. I mean, we really see what what the consequences are.
1: That's right. And the whole time, the whole time, you know, going back to what I said, he chooses Pete because he thinks he can push Pete around. And Pete is pissed. Rightly, oh,
0: rightly pissed,
1: of course. He's like, I don't I don't want to be involved in this. And then he takes it home and it affects his marriage. That scene with Pete and Trudy, first of all. And that nighty. Trudy like a fucking jellyfish angel, <laughs> bubble of pregnant frill. I've just She's Katy
0: Perry in nineteen sixty five.
1: Ridiculous just unbelievable. <laughs> but wasn't it very much like a bookend scene to Pete and the box? Yeah. Right. It my was, father had a box. My father <laughs> had a box, but it's say same. Right, same apartment. She comes out from the behind. She's got. Mm-hmm. She's concerned.
0: He's up late at night. He's up yeah. late at
1: night, like worrying, and and he handled it. You know, Pete. I'm gonna guess. Just guessing. Just pretending I don't know about things. That this doesn't hold for long, but we really are seeing the best of Pete in this episode yeah. and and in this this phase of their marriage, he's he's being faithful, he's being loving. What he said to her is right. I just can't tell you.
0: Well, look at what he does for Don to kill the account. He takes the fall. He falls on the sword with the partners. Gets Roger yelling at him and doesn't doesn't rat out Don at all.
1: It's just kind wild, of yeah.
0: So yeah, I agree. We're, we are seeing in some ways the best of Pete.
1: It's weird. Kind of eerie. <laughs> it's just weird.
0: And the best of Trudy's nighttime wardrobe.
1: And all of her legs.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you, frilly,
1: baby doll, jellyfish. <laughs> I mean, over the top,
0: right? I mean, just it, it was like even for then, that had to have been but bananas.
1: Janie Bryant must. If you think Janie Bryant doesn't have a sense of humor about some of the costuming, just come back to the scene.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. We see well, and first of all, we see a lot of male pajamas also in this episode.
1: I only noticed Pete's specifically. Well,
0: Henry Francis is in oh, full is. full uniform.
1: <laughs> it's it
0: really is just amazing. We don't talk about this enough. There were there were clothes just for sleeping. Right. It's what is it? It's always like, you know, shorts and a T-shirt maybe or everyone's got their own little. But it's some version of everyday wear that we typically do now. It's not it's not pajamas. Pajamas have kind of gone away as a thing.
1: Uh, uh, no, d- disagree. It's just they've they've changed. They're less they're less formal. They're more fun. There's a ton of pajamas out there. I have.
0: No, I, I know. I see them online. They, I realize you can a, still buy pajamas. Plenty, but but
1: plenty of and they're it's just more
0: niche. It's much more niche. I would say, yeah, I think it's way more niche. Everybody had pajamas.
1: It's just that it's less formal. Just it's 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 a similar reflection of the clothing. I mean, mm-hmm. Pete's pajamas, ha- you know, look like a, a scaled down version of a man's suit in the way the collar is on, and they and, all do, yeah. yeah and uh, and Trudy is wearing a dress, a but yeah. but for nighttime, right? So it's the same, you know. Now. It looks more like loungewear and it's more like cute, matchy, whatever. And it doesn't look like the best, listen, okay. the best pajamas on television. You haven't watched Schitt's Creek, right?
0: Uh, not much of it. So
1: Schitt's Creek, very fashion oriented and, and, and bold in its fashion and all that. Yeah. Dan, uh, Dan Levy had a, a big eye on that. And both David and Moira Rose and, um, Catherine O'Hara almost exclusively only wear black and white or shades of gray. Only. I mean, there's like okay. three exceptions total between the two of them in seven seasons, but what has gone unnoted is that Moira, because they live in this, they live in a motel, so you see them a lot in their pajamas. You see, you get a lot of them waking up or going to bed, and Moira's pajamas are always some version of a man's suit. It's well, wild and fascinating and beautiful. Anyway, interesting. yeah.
0: I stand somewhat corrected. I, I still I still think it's kind of niche, but certainly th- th- this was the heyday of pajama wear in the 60s. There are a lot
1: more people who are comfortable saying, I sleep nude and I'll be seen that way or with a little t-shirt on. But there's plenty of pajamas out there.
0: I don't mean that there aren't things that people wear to bed. I'm saying that the idea of pajamas as separate from anything else you would wear.
1: I know. You keep saying that. There's a lot of pajamas out there. It's not. Okay. It's not – it's not like a weird person who wears them. There's plenty of okay. pajamas out there. All
0: right. My sample size is still relatively small. So um my point is that um yeah, so I agree with you about about Pete kind of a little bit coming into his own here yeah and that reference point to earlier where we where we see Trudy and Pete kind of having these late night conversations about important stuff being very relevant to this
1: So let's talk about Betty.
0: This was fascinating to me. I,
1: I was fascinated by Betty, and uh, particularly the Betty and Don phone call, but you, you go first. I don't know if that's that's where you kind of-
0: Yeah, no, that's part of it too. The primary fascination for me is Betty is Team Don. I wasn't surprised by that. I don't mean to say that I was shocked, but I, I am fascinated by the the ways in which Betty still has loyalty towards Don. There is still a team, team aspect- the two of them both as husband and wife both as not say business partners mm. but partners in in Don's business to some degree that is just unbreakable and it's sweet in a way and it just comes up in these weird unexpected ways and this was one of them just the fact that she, she, she not ever maybe every reason you could say if you're Betty to rat him out and to fuck that guy and and spill everything that she knows but um Instinctively, I don't think she, I don't think it crossed your mind for a moment to give Donna.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't see it quite as, as team Don, although I see, I do see it's not, it wasn't devoid of that for me. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, there's no emotion here. There's also, she's the father of his children. There's mm-hmm. also, how does this reflect on her? Now, Some self-interest, she, you know, and yeah. I, I, I again, I don't think it's all that. I think you're not wrong uh, at all. I think there's a, a little bit of all of that there. Um, protecting Don and protecting.
0: Yeah, you're saying their interests are aligned, which makes sense.
1: Yeah, 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 that's right. I thought where you saw their connection the most was, first of all, I I do think she was really moved by his panic. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she felt for him. But that, that cold war moment of paranoia when the two of them got very formal. Oh, actually, <laughs> you know what? Too. There's a few times in this episode. I just realized I just connected this to that. Okay. Ready? I'm not going to, I'm not going to have this perfect, but I just got this. So what I was going to say, of course, is that, that part where the two of them, you know, stiffen up and get yeah, formal and pretend exactly. to be having some whole other conversation. Why would that be a problem? Yeah. You know, because they think their phones are tapped fine, but that's one instance where. They are pretending to have to end a conversation for other listeners. That happens at least two other times.
0: No, oh, Roger and Joan.
1: Roger and Joan, where Joan's like, yes, yes, Mr. We'll get right on that, or however that was. Faye and Don. And then yeah. Faye and Don. Yeah. yeah. So I, but, I didn't yeah. connect this to that until just now.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. No, that's, that's, that's good. part
1: of covering up secrets.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But there was, it was, it was a whole Cold War thing of yeah, <laughs> how these phones could be tapped.
1: But they were super aligned on that. Like that was, that almost more showed the marriage than anything. Well, they
0: both snapped They both,
1: boom, and they both were fully aligned and fully (laughs) connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's
0: weird. Right,
1: there it is.
0: (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny.
1: And Betty's got this secret from Henry.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing.
1: You know, the other theme of this episode that I haven't used in words, that we haven't said in words, is consequences. This is an episode full of consequences. And we've talked a bunch of times about Don... He came Don, and then who else, who cares who it hurts? And he never, he never did. He never cared who it hurt. He cared about being caught. Yeah. He didn't care that it hurt this Anna Draper person before, you know, I say that in the way that I mean it before he knew her. Right,
0: until she tracked him down. So, yeah. You know,
1: he didn't care that it hurt her. He cared that it would hurt him. So he never cared about the consequences of this until Adam. hmm And this is another episode where he is just the covering of his secret is just shitting all over everybody. It's shitting all over women. We'll get to, you know, Megan thinking she's about to be fired because he blames her. Mm. We won't get to it. There it is. <laughs> that was yeah. it. It's one sentence. There you go. <laughs> Betty, Pete, the agency that he's building, it's even impacting Betty Draper's marriage, Betty Francis's marriage.
0: Yeah. And that, and that to me is, is further evidence of the strength of the bond with Don because- You know, it while it suits her interest to to not to not rat him out to to the feds, I agree with that. Um, And it's also sort of like, do I even want to deal with this? You know, let me just (laughs) the path of least resistance here is just keep my mouth shut. So that's obvious. So I, I I agree with that. At the same time, but she could easily, you know, tell Henry. Oh, by the way, here's here's what you don't know about Don. Let me tell you this. And have it just something that she shares with him as her new husband. If she were to choose to, that would not be, that would not be out of left field, but she doesn't. And I think that's also part of like, uh, you know, Henry's in politics and he's in, he's with people with power and he's in a powerful position and he's going to get more power. You know, this is not good for Don. Even if, even if Henry would protect me as he would, um, telling Henry is not the play I want to make on this, not the move I want to make.
1: I think it's not good for Henry. I think part of, I think that's part of all of her calculation about this. Listen, I think Betty would have gone into that. Well, she wanted to
0: hurt Don telling Henry would be a good way to do it.
1: Betty rushed into this marriage. So if Betty entered into this marriage with a secret, it is likely that Betty would maintain that secret. I will definitely grant you that and Betty that. At the same time, I do think the fact that he's engaged in politics, I don't agree with you. I think the concern is it damages Henry, professionally.
0: Assuming he keeps that secret.
1: No, assuming if it gets out, I don't think Henry does keep either. Either way, I don't. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't know how far she's thinking it through. It's just like this is a big fucking blemish in her, on her, and then that and air go on on Henry.
0: I, I get that. I, I'm, my, I guess my point is, if either of them wanted to drop a dime on Don, that would be that would take five seconds to do but she's not going to allow she's not going to put Don in that position and i don't think i don't think it affects her if it's it's not like she was complicit it's not like she knew she can prove that she didn't know it it has i don't i don't think it comes back to her at all i think if she was if she wanted to make don's life really difficult about this without it affecting her if she were to plan to do so she could
1: she could but i think she thinks Again, I don't think it's the only motivation, but I think she thinks it absolutely affects her. It affects Henry. It makes the, everybody look bad. She's all about appearances. She's all about there's nothing in my yeah, there's nothing no, in I my closet. That, so I think that
0: fits. Yeah. For sure. So let's break.
1: When we come back, we've still got Don and Faye, <laughs> Roger and Lucky Strike, and Lane and the Playboy Club. Price. Well. <laughs> well, I think
0: I think I think we should set this up by saying we know we've seen virtually nothing for a while now. Uh other than tidbits here and there, just how bad the relationship is, the marriage is between Lane and Rebecca. The well, little there bit was nothing we've to seen see. Rebecca, she's miserable, hated New York, went back to London, but that beyond that it seems to be a strand, you know. We ha- I forget the episode, but where, Christmas. you know, Lane's in town, Christmas, he's miserable and or New Year's, virtually probably. single.
1: That's right. We haven't, we haven't kept up on the status of this, but she left him, you know.
0: Right. We hadn't heard divorce though, right? That's right. Not divorced. Uh, perhaps that's in discussion, but we do not know. Um, but we learn kind of instantly that when Lane's called to the lobby, he thinks, it's his son visiting. I guess there was a planned visit from Nigel, the son, and he's got. I just love. I just love the Mickey Mouse.
1: It's perfect with the balloons. It's it's the most. It's the most American thing. American. He could have, he could have
0: <laughs> welcomed his son. You know, with. It, it does yeah. a few
1: things. It's it it gives you the visual infantilizing the infantilization of him in the eyes of his father.
0: Right when it goes south, yeah.
1: As well as the branding of, of him as this America. I mean, we've seen the, he's team USA. He really is. He loves New York.
0: He really does. And, and, and he kind of glows when he talks about being in America versus his home and, uh, or making America his home mm-hmm. over, over London. Mm-hmm. So he's left, you know, going out to who he thinks is his son, but he sees his dad, which I don't think anybody would. <laughs> that's, that's a shocker. Um, this, This read very, I don't know, false to me. So you you tell me if I'm if if this is just me, but I don't know that you need to fly across the Atlantic, especially in those days, to deliver this message. I just don't know that.
1: I think, especially, seems dramatic. As well, it is dramatic, and I think as we see how it goes, yeah, I think this is a monster who. Exerts power over people. We're not
0: here to talk about succession,
1: Roberta. No, not yet. Oh, Okay. And it's very, it's very, <laughs> it's, it's very it succession, right?
0: It is, it's a lot of. It's also he's lo- one,
1: he's one more he's one more he's one more from the uh, the Watchers Council, Buffy people. I don't yeah I don't know what that is. There's these these mean English men who are very controlling. But no, I think there's
0: a little Logan Roy in, in, yeah, in this yeah. man. No, yeah.
1: that's right. And I thought I think. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I I had a lot of problems with it. Right. It
0: seemed overly dramatic. Overly dramatic.
1: Well, sure. How else are you going to show us? (laughs) I mean, I didn't, but it didn't, it didn't seem implausible to me. It seemed like, listen, the ticket was bought. Mm -hmm. They were sticking the kid on a plane. This is not acceptable. My, my grandson is not going to be traveling. I am putting a stop to this. It is time that my son come home. And that level of thinking that that's gonna work comes from who he is and what this relationship has been, and it worked. Oh, sure. So I didn't have a problem with it. Okay. Again, it's not a black and white. You're not no, wrong. It's just, I just, it's, just, it's, it's,
0: just it's, it's just it's just how how you interpret it.
1: It's not how anybody would roll today either, but I don't think so. somebody with plenty of money and no other interest than controlling the behavior of his son and the appearance of this family. Yeah. Okay. I love you too.
0: I just wanted father to meet you.
1: Well, that was a silly way to do it. And I don't know why you're asking for trouble.
0: No, you're in my life. I want him to know why I'm staying. Why do you have to be so damn dashing? But in the course of this whatever it is night or two in in New York City, they he grabs Don not not insignificantly grabs Don for the Playboy Club dinner, which they have, and he makes clear that he's dating dating this waitress at the Playboy Club. One well, of the he bunnies. doesn't make
1: it clear at the Playboy Club at all. In fact, all you see well here's what you get at the. Well, Play- he makes
0: this introduction. That's right, kind but of that's all. Formal. He just.
1: It's just this is my other favorite waitress who's over there. Uh-huh. He's okay. he's a little handsy and warm with with these waitresses in a way that is both appalling and also kind of like true go, life. Go, but also <laughs> go lane. Right. And Don's having all of that. Don's like, check you out, having gotten single and kind of this is where you yeah. hang out now. And you remember that time I took you out and that seems like that wasn't a thing you did much of. And right. here we You're are not and,
0: putting stakes on your belt buckle anymore. But yes.
1: So but it's not a it's not apparent at all. To any of us that he's dating Tony, and in that in the Playboy Club scene, he just he digs her. That's all we see.
0: Okay, I thought she was familiar with him too yeah, in a, in a personal way. I know. I get maybe I inferred that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because then he shows up later, and she's like, "You can't show up like this." And he's like, "But right. I, but I." And that's when you're like, "Oh, they're in a relationship." Okay. Um. She's the best thing in the world. I <laughs> she's just kinda,
0: looks amazing. Tony, Great well, smile, but sweet,
1: she's. she's and
0: I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, you were just talking about her looks, and I was saying I think she's amazing, and you were talking about her looks. So go ahead, and then no, I'll I will correct you that it's not just her looks that I like. Charming, and, yeah. and and
0: we don't know anything about her. we 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 we, we know that there's a relationship there. That appears to be mutual. Like I don't think Lane's like stalking her. I think she's oh, no, no, they're in a into rela- this relationship. No, she's
1: she's they love each. They're saying you know whatever. Right. We we don't have enough to analyze Lane's Lane's anything about this. You know, yeah. is he fetishizing her blackness? You know, is this another token? Like Paul, it seems there's a little mix of all of that. But he definitely is intoxicated by her. He digs her. Whatever. Correct. Whatever good or bad may be kind of behind it. Whatever's going
0: it. on is genuine. It's yes. genuine
1: for whatever yeah. it is. And mutual. Chocolate bunny. That's that's what he calls her. But she's wonderful. Like, she's fantastic. Like, the scene where, where she meets the dad, yep. she's just rolling with it and rolling with it. And she's like, oh, I see this is racism. I see. And, you know, from the dad's perspective, it is racism. But it's also, you will, you will not... You will not tarnish this family one minute further, especially with a black Mm -hmm. girl. Interesting. Oh, totally. I think.
0: Well, yeah. I don't. I don't. I think that's a very reasonable inference from from especially that scene in his apartment. But you can also look at it and say, knowing that racism in the UK was not the way it was here. Not that there wasn't racism in the UK, or that there isn't racism in the UK. I'm saying that there was a different tolerance between dating outside your race in 1965 Yeah yeah okay. in fact in fact it was probably more pronounced the difference then because we've come further we've had further to go than than they did. And, and and he certainly doesn't say anything or there's nothing overt about it. There's now, nothing again, in the text. You, you're right. And you can completely infer all of that. But you could just as look just as reasonably look at it at face value and him saying black, white, whatever has nothing to do with this. You're not you know, you could get your house in order either. I, I, I don't even think he would be as upset if he divorced Rebecca. It seemed to be this idea of you can do it there. You can do it here. But you can't have both resolve the issue. Disagree. OK
1: come home
0: but he says you can you can have it here you can have it there he indicates like it's you can't do both you can't be here and be married to your wife
1: it's either come home and be with your wife or come home and woo your wife back to new york i don't think there was a choice called okay you can divorce your wife and i'll be fine with that
0: you're saying he wasn't saying that
1: i am saying he was not saying that
0: okay that seemed to be an option the way i read it no okay. this guy
1: was this this you don't try he wasn't
0: no I, I i don't think there's any question what his preference was but i think in terms of the options he was trying to impart to his son as his foot was on his knuckles was was get this taken care of which is different from come back to your wife
1: i, as your I don't only think option. it is i don't okay. think it is for him all I, right and i and and I, yeah and
0: honestly i hated this plot so much hated it hated it, wasn't interested. So I easily could not have, could have not picked up on every, every nuance of it. I was, this was so, I just, this was, again, this is another one that just came out of left field, had no real preamble to it.
1: Well, what kind of preamble are you looking for?
0: More about Rebecca and Lane, more about what's going on, more about that his father is displeased with the arrangement the way it is, anything.
1: So for me, this had nothing to do with his marriage. This was all about who is Lane. And meeting his father, and in the three scenes, we learn everything about Lane that we didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And it explains so much about who Lane is and why Lane was so unhappy and so suppressed and... In that horrible sort of subservient position for as many years as he was and why it's possible he's happy to be across the ocean.
0: Oh, yeah. There's no question about from that. his
1: family of origin and why he loves New York and why he loves the respect he gets in this office you know, as strained as it can be at times. It's not like mm-hmm. he's loved in the office, but he is respected and he is respected. a partner and he is a, a part of- He's who, important. He's important yeah. and he feels it and he's having joy for the first time in his life and he's sleeping with this and in love with this wonderful, young, vibrant, smart woman who is at the beginning of her, of her mm-hmm. adulting and he's full of joy and this guy comes in and crushes his knuckles- to say, no, that's not what you get to have. You get to have what I say.
0: And I'm interested in Lane as a character enough to want more than just an episode where that starts and stops. I'd want to know more about the dad. I'd want to know more about the relationship beforehand. To me, this deserves more than the the 19 minutes of screen time that we get or less. That's that.
1: all you ever got from Pete's dad and you loved that. Well, the man died. But you always said you get more from that three minute know, scene that, or six minute. I don't, I'm not sure all, what's but missing. But that was for all,
0: but that was all setting it up. It had, had, had Christopher Allport lived, I'm sure we would have, or we presume we would have had more to the story of Pete and his dad in a contemporary fashion. Instead, we get it just, just in that morsel. That's all we had time for. My point was that these things bubble for a long time on this show and we get, and we get parts of the story and we get inferences and we get all kinds of, Pieces of the exposition that when things come to a head, they're they're kind of earned. And this, to me, felt not earned the way that most things on Mad Men are.
1: Okay. Yeah, I never had a problem with it. I To me, it was always, I mean, again, this is what I remembered about this episode, was this is what we learned about 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 Lane. You're not going to get more because his family is in a different country. Like, there's not, what are you going to do? Have a series of Skypes? <laughs>
0: yes, we want I, more Skypes.
1: Uh, you know, I, I just, it did come out of nowhere. But the that's, show's
0: pretty clever. They can they can come up with with phone calls or letters or some some communications that would be relevant.
1: I think us being surprised by this was the point. I think coming mm-hmm. out of nowhere was the point. I don't know. Didn't I didn't work have a problem. For me. Worked for didn't me. Didn't work for Always me. Always worked for me. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean. Just, There's not a right or wrong there. It just, it always worked for me. I always found this to be an incredibly powerful, as we learn more, as it helps me to look back on what we already know about Lane. And then as we look forward, and again, we're going to hit on some spoilers after, you know, a little later. Yeah. um, It's very informative. This man, his father's a monster.
0: Lane's a guy that we know as, uh, who can, who has been traditionally in his career uh, and, and probably long before that, it gets pushed around and get, and, and does the will of other people. And to your point about the respect that he gets in the office now as a partner, that's incredibly meaningful. And I think that's entirely true. And it is why the, the, the divorce and visit from his father and all this is so disruptive because he's finally coming into his own, uh, perhaps as a late bloomer personally, that, um, th- that's why it would be so meaningful to him. I would just want to see that play out more uh more uh deliberately than than this that that that's my point
1: I, I know so lucky strike and <laughs> um, uh, speaking of bratty father son yeah
0: maybe there's a tie there <laughs> and, and and frankly here's another one that doesn't not bubble up at all it just kind of hits us in the face
1: the thought I had about that is too is I had said something before about you know if Roger was Really, such a great account, man. He also might have seen this coming.
0: Oh, totally. Oh,
1: th- 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 he no dropped question. the ball here, and we don't we don't know where or how, but he dropped the ball.
0: Well, that's what he'll do with his thirty days: is make it look like it's a small spoiler here. This is not. I don't think this is anybody's uh, going to ruin anybody's day. I think I don't think the thirty days is to win the account. I think it's really to set up for knowing that it's lost, and so that he can. In his mind, as an account guy, bring it hopefully to a. um It's going to be hard no matter what, but not have it be such a shock to the business.
1: Yeah, and we see by the end that's just not going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, he does, he's, they're going to make it as hard as possible. They're going to put the squeeze to him for sure, especially with losing North American Aviation. Quite frankly, but yeah, that was certainly certainly the point. But just to just to, to backtrack, yeah, you know, as soon as. Lee Garner Jr. reaches for the check. Roger knows something's up, and I think I think this is very plausible. I find this very true to life. You know, uh, Lee Garner is. is I, I, we learned just just from the comment that I guess the, the the old man is sick. We meet the old man in season one. We don't really see him after that. But uh, Lee Garner now is running the business, and he has no power with the board.
1: So funny, <laughs> right? It's also interesting as we get to this lunch, even before. You know, you get this first shot at this lunch, and you're like, "Oh, lunch with Lee, huh?" Yeah. But right, also, right. Lee is acting more grown up and more normal than mm-hmm. we've ever seen him. Yeah. As he, you know, as, as he's getting Roger drunk. Um, not that that's hard to do. You almost should have known from that posture, from that first glance, that that Lee is being Lee's going to end up bullying the situation in the end. But we're seeing a, we're just seeing a normal Lee that we don't normally see. He's on his best behavior. Basically.
0: He's withholding his agenda, which he doesn't normally do. That's right. That's number right. one. And number two, here's two guys who've had everything they have in life handed to them, both, both Roger like and, yep. and Lee. So and I think that's probably why they see eye to eye most of the time and they're sympathetic on all kinds of things. But um but in this case, the client vendor relationship takes hold because Lee has to drop the bomb, which he does, starting with taking the check. That uh, signaling that, uh, yeah, you're not only are your days numbered, but <laughs> your hours are numbered here. And uh, more to the hands and knees theme. This is Roger begging, begging to just have this little cushion, uh, which which again, he'll use to to hopefully brace the, the company a little bit.
1: But by the end, it's clear he's not doing he's not going to do that. He's not going to do shit with those 30 days. He's already. Li- well, he's already lying.
0: He is, but he needs to start with the accounts fine. So what happens over, this is day one. When you get to day 10, 20, and 30, it's going to devolve. I, I, I would guarantee that. And I think we see some of that. Again, spoiler light. But yeah, I think I think you have to start where everything's fine, and then he'll slowly be breaking the news.
1: This was a really bad idea on his part, <laughs> the 30-day thing, and not telling his company. I
0: think it's a bad idea, but it was, as they say in Argo, the least bad idea that there was. I, I completely see Roger's
1: oh, yeah. logic,
0: in, his logic in, in doing this this inside way.
1: Inside of his panic. That's right.
0: It's it's a horrible situation. And yes, how he didn't see it coming is absolutely unforgivable. That's the unforgivable part of this. This is Roger not doing his job to to not know. And it's, again, it's not that Lee Garner Jr. would say, hey, I have no power with the board and things are afoot. Watch your back. That Lee, they, You're not going to get that from Lee. But- the old man's sick. He's not in the in the in the big chair now. It's Lee. What's that situation, me? What could that mean for my firm, Roger? That's what an account guy does: is understand all that shit. So none of the of the causes of this conflict should have been new to Roger.
1: Yes, I don't find that that is the unforgivable part. I think the thirty days and not telling his firm. Yes, is well, that's the that's compounding. The other. compounding. The actual unforgivable part. The, no question. The lame part is, you know, once again, what does Roger do for a living? Apparently not much.
0: Well, the one thing, the one, the, the one thing he, the one ball he can't let drop is now inches from the floor. Um, so, but, but that all happens in, again, they could have dragged that out for, for five episodes, but they sure didn't. Um, but to me, this was a lot more plausible than, than, than other things where, uh, Over the course of a lunch, you would go from thinking everything's fine to holy shit.
1: Yeah. And it occurs to me that this episode is a lot about just bombs dropping and life does roll that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Out of nowhere, my father shows up and everything's fucked. Out of nowhere, my biggest account that is holding up our firm is gone. Out of nowhere, (laughs) Joan is pregnant. Out Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. So I, I, that's just another... Okay. And life will do that to you and put you, and get you on your hands and knees. And by the way, we don't use it as much these days in this context, but it occurred to me that hands and knees also is kind of something you would say about a baby. Not a newborn, but like babies no, like crawling, crawling yeah. on their hands and knees. Just throw, you know, just that. There you could, go. You know. Sure. Let's get something to eat.
0: I think I better be on my own tonight. Why don't we see each other tomorrow?
1: Okay. We'll figure out what to do. I promise.
0: So this this is now and, and you're beginning to see as we're closing out episode ten out of thirteen, uh what the next three episodes anyway are likely to be dealing with is the fallout from from that lunch.
1: And we're losing Lane right when this is happening with the money. Yeah,
0: right when there's right when there's gonna be a huge cash crunch. Uh yeah, Lane. What did he, I forget? What did he say? Did he say two weeks or a month? Right. So
1: a month or longer. He really, he really Timing left sucks. it. He left it open ended. He really. Yeah. You know, he really got beaten. Literally. You know one one of the things in this episode too, and we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about Faye and Don. It's almost in the continuation of how Beautiful Girls ended with that swelling music and. These women and the decisions they're making and the choices they're making and the issues they're living with. This was, by the way, a Peggy-free episode, which Mm -hmm. that's weird. You know, again, we talked about consequences, but most of the consequences are falling on these women.
0: Mm -hmm. These
1: women are just after effects in this episode. Like I said, Don not caring how Megan is affected and the fact, you know, he happily blamed her. For something that that he was had no interest in taking responsibility for. Megan's been on his desk for five minutes. She's exemplary, mm-hmm. and he does that to her, and and lets her sit there and feel that, and goes and pours his drink. Um, his drunkenness is not in full form, but his sobriety sure also isn't. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you know, Joan picking up pieces of of what happened with her and Roger as every woman ultimately will, because <laughs> yeah. every woman who gets pregnant is from a man, and every woman has to deal with it one way or another, and sometimes men do, and sometimes they don't. And again, Trudy being impacted, just Betty having to do what she did, and it affects mm-hmm. her marriage, all of this, is all the women are just sort of, <sighs> shit is falling from the sky on their heads. Yeah. And the shit that's falling from the sky, the sky is all these men doing all these asshole things.
0: And it's the second episode where Don vomits.
1: I know. I did not miss that.
0: More more of that.
1: Really interesting to see Don have this panic attack. It's almost uh, backing up. Don meets with, what was he, the accountant or the lawyer or whoever that guy was, the one who asks if he's shtupping Megan. (laughs) This is Don not running away. This is Don put getting <laughs> his, I mean, preparing for the worst, sure, but getting it's his him affairs. It's not running in,
0: away right now. It's him preparing to run away.
1: Maybe. Yes, of course. But, but there's less of that impulsive. I think the panic attack is, I think the panic attack is really interesting because normally what he does with a panic attack is he makes a plan and I'm going to run away. Now he was responsible. Betty does not deserve to pay the price for what I've done. She's already paid enough of a price. I'm taking care of my wife, ex-wife. I'm taking care of my kids. That was big planning. And I feel like somehow the, I think part of it is that he's sitting with this rather than actually running away. And that's what allows him to have a panic attack. Maybe, I I don't know if I'm right about this or if I'm articulating it in any way that makes sense.
0: No, I I think I get get your meaning. I, I think two things. First of all, um, the first time he was confronted with this, he wanted to run away with Rachel Menken.
1: Like in five minutes. Right.
0: Like just on this like fight or flight, it was flight all the way.
1: Yeah. Pete's got the box. Rachel, let's go. Right. Let's go. What about
0: your kids? I'll of provide kids? for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a joke. This time, for the same reason he's running same uh, reason. Or, or or he's freaked. Um, But he says to Pete, remember, you know, you got to give me some time. Time for what, Don? Time to get my shit together so I can run away again. Like Don would absolutely run away in a heartbeat in terms of rather than dealing with this or going to jail or whatever the penalty might or, you know, even Faye, you know, in five seconds realizes that, you know, you could maybe do something about this. Like, but I, I think the evidence is there and it's in the script immediately that he's telling Pete. Give me a heads up. And if I have to get the fuck out of here, I will.
1: Oh, definitely. He's planning so, to run so away. Run,
0: running is, is what he's preparing for. So yes, he's not, um, you know, I might not come home in a, you know, tonight in a moment's notice and leave my wife and kids and Adam and Eve with, you know, you don't want to run away. You just want to with me. You just want to run away. It's not that, but it's still running away in under other, under other terms. And um, yeah, so he's going to prepare, he's going to do the trust, but it's all under the umbrella of I might not be here. I might have to disappear.
1: In fairness, I don't blame him. I mean, I, I again, let's talk about this scene with Faye because Faye had some really interesting points. But if you're Don and you're as smart as Don is about some things, he is just dumb about other things and he's kept himself ignorant about some about the way things can work you know he's got a friend in the governor's mansion for fuck's sake not exactly a friend but he could work that he could actually
0: he could he he could come hat in hand and figure something out if he really wanted to
1: try and when Faye started talking about the legality of it and how you could fight it I was like oh yeah probably I mean how bad is this really like it's not great but it's yeah yeah that's it's it's not he's a deserter. He's a regular deserter. He's
0: a regular deserter. And when it's 2 years, 4 years, 5 years after the Korean War, maybe it seems like a bigger deal. But when you start to get to 10, 12 years after the Korean War is, at, is over – And we've got a
1: better new better war to to, to fuck up. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but but well,
0: which probably actually doesn't help his cause, but, but 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 you can kind of put some distance between you and the crime. And and hopefully come up with some negotiated settlement with the government or whatever it might be.
1: He's John Draper. He's still that guy who looks like that, who's built himself a life, who's, yeah. who? you know, he's this perfectly, perfect looking white man right. who has built a respectable life, who took care of the widow, the widow Draper, all of that. Like he absolutely could.
0: He could put a good case together.
1: Put a good case together. And Faye made that point.
0: Never been discussed, never considered, nothing.
1: And when she said it, I was like, Oh, no, she told, like, he's not, he yeah. doesn't have to be so fucked. But you could see Don as Don, Don as Dick popping out of the, the That's shirt, right. the white, the, the Dick, the Don Draper costume to be Dick again in his panic, not even having the ability to logic that through. And I, I could see where I could. See, I could see thinking that you got to run away. Like I could see it even from logic.
0: Well, on this issue in particular, Don, we know puts fear first. Yeah. And his fear leads all of it. And it shouldn't, but it does, but it does. Cause Faye doesn't have the fear. She can think a little more clearly.
1: Now I want to ask you about, now we have to go do 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 in the wayback machine of seeing this for the first time. What did you think about about the fact that he told Faye,
0: hmm.
1: again, a little more of the truth, that even then, you know, he he even came closer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: He even came closer in the detail of, because first he says, they they thought this, and then he was like, and I let them. So he came even closer. He told even more of the truth.
0: Yeah, no, I, my, my impression is back when I first saw it, and again here, Don had a wife with whom he had... Three children, married, what was it, over 12 years or something?
1: Whatever it was.
0: That he did not say a word about this to until, you know, virtually the end. He's then had however a couple of years that it's been since he divorced Betty and has now kind of let, it, it's kind of getting out. We talked about how 5G was that piercing of the bubble, but then also, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason why we started the action right at that moment. Things are about to get worse and worse. So I feel like Don's in this place where the lines are blurring, right? Lines are blurring. And not only is it harder and harder to keep the secret, but he's more in need of letting the air out of, of releasing the pressure that's inside that's been building. So he could have been dating Faye. He could have been dating, uh, Bethany. He could have been dating anybody. Whoever was near him is going to get whatever version of the truth he's able to to. To articulate, and I think that's what that was with Faye. It's it had less to do with Faye than it did about Don. I I always thought.
1: Hundred percent. I am. Faye I, is not
0: the one because Faye, he told her.
1: That's right. And there was a lot of that. There was a lot of oh, this is significant about Faye. And he even told before Faye. even right. before right. we Bullshit. get to the the last scene. Bullshit. In fact, I think if anything, it's what. Again, without spoilers, but just looking at what we see in this episode, I think with what you're left with at this episode is he just stamped Faye with a cancel check on her forehead from having gone through all that. I think oh, it was that he too put much an expiration
0: date on, on yeah. the relationship. Yeah, that's you're probably right. right.
1: Yeah, and 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 oh, who who that?
0: Yeah, you're now tainted.
1: Yeah, you're you know you're you're not you know I, I mean I, and I think again I think Don made a commitment. In one sense, that he doesn't want to be alone anymore. And, Mm -hmm. and, and Faye was great for that. But I think he just was like, Oh no, that was too, that was too close. Like she saw me in a full panic attack. I told her my secret. She came up with a viable solution. Faye thinks it's the
0: opposite. Faye thinks it brings them closer when in fact it's, it's the beginning of the end.
1: Well, and then the other thing that was fascinating was Pete catching them.
0: (laughs) Here's another thing I don't want to know.
1: As another thing I don't want to know and the, the judgment and the harshness. Oh. I mean, it's 1965. Also, Pete might think she's married, right? Cause she was, she he was might. walking around with a wedding ring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Pete is morally disgusted. I don't think that. I do think that, that he knows what affects the company. Mm. She's not just, she's not just. Someone he's fooling around with. It's not just someone off, off, off the to the side. This is someone who does business with his company, and uh that that she's involved with Don skews everything. And that's you know, like you said, another another thing I don't want to know.
1: No, that's an interesting angle. I just I I just saw the 1965 bullshit mores all over it <laughs> of like.
0: Not not from Pete. Not as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well. Pete's very judgy. Doesn't matter what, how it is with him. Remember, I mean, look how he was with drinking and Freddie. So, you know, he's, he's not above being above it.
0: (laughs) No, I know, but, but Don's not married. Whether Faye's married or not, that's his judgment on Faye. If he were to go in that direction. Well, right. But it was
1: pure, it was pure. It wasn't, it was what you're saying is interesting and, and might have been a big part of what was there too. But it was also just like a general, like everybody acted like this isn't happening. And she just slips out instead of, how it might be today. Well, I mean, definitely how it would be today is like, oh hey. You know? <laughs>
0: maybe, <laughs> maybe. Right.
1: Okay. I see. But this I, this kind of works. Okay. I get I, it. I,
0: I think I think human nature is how does this affect me? And Pete knows exactly how it could affect him, which That's is right. Which is again, uh uh Don Don being a deserter, uh Pete has been opportunistic and tried to take advantage of before. Now it's coming back and biting Pete in the ass. That same piece of news. This one is, is not this, you know, affects Pete in a different way, but I think he recognizes it pretty quickly. That's my take. Mm. Great scene, though. I loved watching it. Oh, it's a great scene. <laughs> she um, just slips out.
1: So now we've got whatever it is, the traffic meeting, the, the partners meeting, the, the finance rundown, everybody around the conference table. Everybody has at least one secret. All the secrets from this episode are now together <laughs> around that conference On table. On this
0: conference table. Yeah.
1: Except Lane's not even there, right?
0: He starts and then he he departs. Oh, that's right. He
1: departs. That's right. So it's all it all comes together. This company is not in the same shape it was when this episode started.
0: No. If if, if there is stock in Sterling Cooper Draper Price, this is where you sell. Sell high. Sell high. <laughs> oh, get out. Get out. But the best was I just love the the the, the button on it was Roger's thumbs up. <laughs> this is I mean, this is him maintaining the charade, which we now know is a charade, and uh, and that's why I, that's why I say we know this is now what the next three episodes are going to be about. <laughs> it's,
1: totally, it's what
0: the hell happens here?
1: Again, I'm Dory. I don't remember. There's like one thing coming that I remember. There's literally one Very thing little. coming that I remember. This is
0: well, this this to me is what's so different about season four from the mm. first three even though there were some things that popped up and got resolved and some quick conflict you know the box with with peter and all this other stuff uh from season 1 and and how the other seasons resolved this one it's like well, okay what have we been dealing with we've been dealing with don's drinking that's certainly gone up and down and over and out we've got this new thing with with uh lucky strike which we spent all of 6 minutes with because of that conversation with lee garner junior at lunch we see Betty and Henry, but that's not affecting things at the office very much. Like there's no like cohesive, there's no trunk, there's no tree trunk of everything that's going on uh, off of which everything is shooting because even the high point of the season and the, the, the suitcase was this one thing about Samsonite and the relationship. And that kind of is its own thing. As brilliant as it was, there is no overarching.
1: No, the this, this, the suitcase has no plot. We, yeah. we we covered that. There's there's two plot points that got put into that episode. How you know they were like, well, where you know they could have put those into any episode. And Anna dying and more and and Peggy breaking up with Mark could have happened anywhere.
0: Here we are on the home stretch, and we kind of have nothing to grab onto. It feels like, right? That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, I I mean it's to me, well, to, I mean to me it's about the, the company, right? I mean this this season started with we you know how did season three end shut the door and have a seat shut the door have a seat right yeah. that's how season three ends so we come into season four and we've got a thriving exciting company sure. with way too much lucky strike way and we know that like that what that was uh what's the check checkoffs c- that's what I said. there's no loaded
0: gun there's no loaded gun in this season it doesn't feel like
1: I think lucky strike was Check off cigarettes. And now that gun just
0: went off. Obviously, it's, it is a loaded gun for sure. But now it, it seems that, that in and of itself, having happened, you know, 12 minutes before this final scene that we're talking about, feels like, okay, so that's a very telegraphed closing to the season, I suppose. It just, there's the usual pacing is, is, is nowhere in, in, in this season. And that's I'm not saying even that's a bad thing, but it's hard to come into these last few episodes with a sense of what we're anticipating.
1: I don't know if we ever knew what we were anticipating in in at this stage. I think yeah. we yeah. really didn't. You know, again, that box, you always say that. The yeah, thing that with happened very, very quickly. was just like, boom, found a box. But we knew
0: all season long we were getting more and more information about Don's past. We were building. There was building consistently. Um uh, season two was really about the marriage, and we right, saw all this stuff going on.
1: You don't know that till the you don't know what the seasons are until the end. I don't think I don't think there's any season. I,
0: I, I agree, but even more so, even more so here. I feel like we're
1: it's more of a mystery.
0: More of a mystery. To even put it to words, to me I is think a if mystery. you go back
1: to the same point in any season, you still have no fucking idea what's coming, and and or or what the arc may or may not be. That
0: is always true. We just don't know what's coming.
1: And we have a lot of listeners who, I think, even the suitcase aside, say that this is the best season. Season four is the best yeah, season. I do, see and a I'm lot sort of, that. of, um, again, because I'm Dory, I'm the Memento guy. <laughs> I, I you know one big thing that's coming, and I, I can't think of much else, which is no, really fun because we're about to go into a spoiler section. And yeah, no, right. You know,
0: no. I listen. I love season four. I don't think it holds up to seasons one or three. But I do, this is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is in the top half. But no, I don't, I don't, um, this is a, the, the pacing for this is what sets it apart from what we've seen before.
1: We will uh, cover the other episodes. Let's we'll... decide
0: to come back and do episode 11. How about that? I
1: mean, if, yeah, I think we should do, I think we should keep going. <laughs> I think, you know, we should, as right. a,
0: I wasn't suggesting that we as a
1: podcast. call it off. Other, other weeks, <laughs> I'm
0: definitely suggesting that. But we have Chinese Wall next week. We do. That'll be interesting. And, uh, it is a good episode. So we'll, we'll keep going, man. But, but wow, this is not where we usually are on, on episode 10. That's all I'm saying.
1: All right. So when we come back, we are going to talk about some spoiler stuff. So if you are that person, again, stick a pin in it. Come back next year. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll see it next week if you're that person. But if you're not that person, we'll see you in a second.
1: The first thing you get is is he finally notices Megan. Right. Mm-hmm. So there it is. We we know what's gonna happen. We know I don't and I don't remember how it ends with Faye, but we know it ends with Faye, and he's gonna marry Megan. He,
0: yeah, he has to break it off explicitly. But you're right. No, Megan Megan is the big the the big spoiler for this for this season. And going back, we do see there is completely hidden in plain sight, which was wonderfully done.
1: The breakdown with Sally and there was Megan's arms. I mean, yep. Megan just...
0: She was always the woman, on the, the Johnny on the spot for whatever Don needed all season.
1: It's interesting. It's like you could see why people marry their secretaries <laughs> <laughs> I, because she just makes everything better. She's that gorgeous. Right. And by the way, I met her one time. Oh. It was on a red carpet line going into like one of these Times talks or one one of these, you know, when they would do the tour. Uh-huh. And I got, I got very up close with her. And uh later, later in the series, she alludes to having self consciousness about her teeth. Maybe may, might be even next week. I don't fucking know. But she has, you know, she's she's absolutely gorgeous, and she's her teeth are odd, right? Up close, all you get is the gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. it's insane. You're just like looking up at this, and sh- and she kind of bends down to talk to me. Yeah, right. And she's just she was just so beautiful. Right. So,
0: yeah, no, you know. I, she's a beauty. And, and, but, but, but again, purposefully and artfully and, and wonderfully hidden in plain sight for the season.
1: Totally.
0: Just these little moments here and there that when you go look back and you add them up, you go, you go, of course, of course. So, yeah. you know, Don's going to head out west by the, by, by, by the finale. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's certainly one thing to look for. I think another thing is, well, just the result of, of. Joan. The the uh the little cat and mouse with Joan, she does not get the abortion. Yeah. Um. Which again, I I still take as a, a wonderful, not really a head fake, but definitely leading us to believe that not only was the intention, but uh, she actually did get get the abortion.
1: Yeah, and you're. I, I mean, I remember the discussion was you're left. It's so hard to put my own head back into knowing nothing, even even with all the nothing I, know. I, anyway. I, don't, I haven't retained. But that
0: conversation in the waiting room is, is, is to me, was unmistakable, not just knowing how it turned out, but going, oh, of course she... I, I remember being confused by the 15-year-old by saying, why was she saying... I thought she was talking about herself. Was that the first abortion that she had? It was when she was 15? She's still referring to herself. I didn't know what it was, but now it's it's loud and clear.
1: Yeah, and... um. Her husband, the doctor is just dumb enough to believe
0: <laughs> that whenever she
1: decides to tell him, the baby's going to be his. That's right. Cause you um, can't count either. They did have, have, uh, the sex she didn't want to have right before he left.
0: Well, look, seven weeks. It's not, it's not implausible. Right. Yeah.
1: By the time we get to the, a big belly, it, it can all get mushed together. Yeah. But it was legitimately left where you were pretty sure she had the abortion. Pretty but sure you weren't, you, there was a, there was a, It's not confirmed. She is back at work the next day, which you could, you know, and Joan maybe would be right. Right. I would maybe Joan would would be. uh, I would think Joan would be, especially on a day when they're going over finances. (laughs) Like that's Joan, but but also you know in the brave face and that 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 is Joan, and it's right there that she didn't have it. It's It's right
0: right there there that she didn't have it. But but again, uh, I think in real life, (laughs) I think this is one that's more about the artistic writing sure. and, uh, the psych out. Yeah, right. What you would do is say, "Roger, get in here," or you would call him that night. Roger, I couldn't go through with it. <laughs> right, Roger here thinks she had an abortion.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: That's my point. You, you oh. would, I think, I think that's a little license that we can totally forgive, but I don't know that. I don't know that the woman who who agrees to have the abortion who doesn't go through with it doesn't tell the father especially if you look at their relationship their real relationship i think she would tell roger i don't think there's any reason she wouldn't tell roger pretty much right away
1: here you go ready yeah he really made it clear you can go have this baby if you want That's i right. want nothing to do with it yep. and that was yeah hold on and that was in her decision to have this baby this now became not a Roger and Joan problem anymore. This now became Joan and what are my priorities I and what is saying. my family and what you're is right. my life and this is very personal and fuck you, Roger. Roger's well, already absolved himself,
0: right? Yeah, he yeah, took I himself
1: out the game You're right, and I don't owe you any, you know, I've just been through whatever you think I've been through, but I've actually been through something else and he'll either figure it out or he won't.
0: I think that's your 100, that's exact, precisely, no, that's that. I, I didn't look at it that way at all, but that's...
1: And the relationship changed in that decision. You're it, right. Like no, he, no, said he said what he said. No, I'm just he, thinking it through more. Like, yeah. like He, he took he, himself
0: out of it. You're, he took right. himself out of it. She and did she, not owe him the explanation.
1: Had she had the abortion, she they probably would have... Who knows? She, I mean, uh, uh, you, the next day you're not the same. Either way, she takes herself so out. Yeah,
0: that completes yeah, the the narrative yeah from all sides.
1: All right. Is there anything else that we super want to get in? Because again, I don't remember a whole lot of what's coming. I well, remember. I think, I think the only other spoiler
0: gets- with Lucky Strike has to do with the fact that um, they end up they end up doing the preemptive breakup with Lucky Strike. Remember?
1: Oh, I don't see. I don't even remember.
0: Yeah, remember, uh, Don does the ad?
1: Oh. remember Don does the ad. Ah. Remember
0: Don does the ad. we break. Why we're quitting tobacco. By Don I've, Draper.
1: Oh, I totally forgot yeah, that's
0: coming. That's, that starts in the next couple episodes. So yeah, that's part of the fallout. I, I want to say it's not, if not the last episode, maybe, maybe episode oh, 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then, and
1: then to go far into the future, uh, sorry, I just jumped topics. Did you have more about that? I apologize. Nope,
0: that's, just, that's coming.
1: Is Lane killing himself? Correct. You know, this is the beginning but this is this episode is the beginning of both Look there's a lot that starts to happen that leads to Lane killing himself. Well, Rebecca One comes is back, right? he's back with Rebecca yeah. who who he basically married his father. That's what we learned in today's episode is Re- Re- Rebecca is Oh, I
0: see. Inter overbearing, right? Very yeah. unkind
1: to him in general and That's demeaning true. to him. And and so so, so she's back with Rebecca. He's pining after some somebody, like somebody who doesn't exist or something. Oh, that he's whole thing. Yeah, fucking around with money, but also this is the episode that begins the trouble, the money trouble for this company, and then yeah. he starts doing what he's doing. But also, we learn the de- the degree to which he's got abuse in his past That's and right. present and
0: yeah. present.
1: So that you know. It, this is, this, I didn't, I didn't have it. All I had was that the father thing. Yeah. But actually now l- looking at that lucky strike and the father thing both happen in one episode. This is the beginning of, and again, this is a guy who's probably dealing with depression. Yeah. And we don't, we don't yeah. have words for that. It doesn't end we well much. for Lane. That's for sure. It really doesn't. All righty. All right. There's some this spoilers for
0: you. Were we spoiled? Did we spoil you? You're
1: We're spoiled. spoiled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Um,
0: all right, guys. All
1: right. Always thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your great comments. Thank you for, if you have not reviewed us, um, given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Do it, it now. Us a lot. Uh, spread the word about us. We're starting to grow a little bit out there. And, you know, that's because of you. So thank you. Thanks, guys. See you next See week. See you next time. Hey, coiners, we're so glad you're enjoying the show. One of the best ways to support us is to give us rave reviews on Apple Podcasts and to share us on social media. A great way to literally support us is at our Patreon, where we've got some extra content. Patreon.com slash pod. If you're able, we love you either way. And we love your comments and your questions. Bring them on. Questions at theycoineditpod.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter at TCI Mad Men Pod. We've got a lot more Mad Men to get to, and we can't wait. See you next episode.